Say Something, a video podcast so you can listen and watch. It's like sports talk or news talk, but it's life talk to help us walk the road together. I'm Kay, and thanks for joining me and a few of my friends as we contemplate societal issues and ideas, searching for truth so that together we can say something encouraging to folks walking alongside. On today's show, sweet Rebecca Carroll, who you might know from KCBI's morning show, and I have the great pleasure of chatting with Trisha Lott Williford. If you need a happy break in your day, Trisha is it. Her topic for today's show is waiting, something we all do but don't necessarily enjoy, especially if it involves a line or it comes after a detour or unmet, maybe mismet expectations. Trisha has something encouraging to say. She's had some waiting handed to her after losing her husband to an unexpected illness, but life with her two young boys didn't stop there. Be sure to check out Trisha's My Story on her website, trishalotwilliford.com. Seriously, you will enjoy it. It's like a little Hallmark movie. Anyway, thanks for joining the conversation. Here we go. So we have our friend, Trisha Lott Williford. Trisha Lott Williford's latest book, Just You Wait, discusses the joy hidden in the discipline of waiting and the practice of believing God is for you and working on your behalf, even when the work of his hand is hard to find. Trisha is a highly sought after speaker and teacher for events and retreats. Find Trisha at trishalottwilliford.com. With us today from Colorado, which I'm just saying, I'm a tiny bit jealous. Oh, you Texas. have the better weather. You just, have the better weather. Just say it. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to lie. It's true. It's true. So Trisha has written a really cool book, her latest book, and it's her third book, and it's called Just You Wait. And I have to tell you, I'm a fan of a good book cover, and Trisha's book cover is so excellent. Do you not just love it? I really do love it. When they showed it to me, I fell in love with it immediately because it really looks like you're standing in line at the bakery. It looks like I'm standing there at the DMV and I should just take this ticket right here and take my number. So I love it. They did a great job. Oh, can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to write about waiting? I can. So it's it's interesting because when my husband and I had this conversation, we were actually in the car. And so it's very fun to be in the car with oh, you I to love tell that. you this story. So first of all, um, I, I was widowed eight years ago. We have to kind of start with a sad beginning just so that I can kind of give the backstory to your listeners. Um, that I, I was widowed eight years ago. I lost my husband very quickly. The doctors thought he had the flu. Um, but he had an infection in his bloodstream that attacked his heart and his lungs, and he died the next morning. Um, and it was it was um, two days before Christmas, and I was 31 years old, and I had a five-year-old son and a three-year-old son who were suddenly fatherless, and I was a widowed single mom. And the bottom fell out of my world, and I did not know how I was going to do this. And I, I entered a long season of waiting, and I was waiting for many things. I was waiting for, oh, the sun to shine. It just felt like two years of winter in my heart. Um, I was waiting to sleep through the night again because every time that I fell asleep, I was dreaming again of saving him and of watching this hardest moment of my life. So even when I had a moment of rest, I couldn't really rest. Um, and then, and then my boys, you know, as time began to change and, and I began to heal, they really wanted a new dad and, um, I wanted a companion for my heart and someone to champion my children with me and, and do this with me. And so then began the wait for the new dad. 
And my boys thought that it was going to, I mean, I, there was a day that they thought he was going to show up on our front porch, like Publishers Clearinghouse. And really? There was a day when, oh, yeah, there was a day when, when a, a repairman came and he was working on our, our home security system. And my son, who was maybe six at the time, pulled me into the kitchen, you know, tugged on my sleeve, brought me into the kitchen. He goes, Mom, do you think that's him? Aww. For I real? Said, do you think that's him? Do you think that's who? He said, the new dad. Aww. And I was like, oh my God. No, no, I don't think that's him. I <coughs> don't. Wow. And we had been praying so much for this new dad that the boys just really thought like the Lord will deliver him to us. Wow. There was one day that we were walking through the mall and you know how they have those kiosks at the mall where the people come out and ask you for things and offer you things. And I just kind of blew them off. Like, no, I don't want any of your facial that are viewing this and are tuning in, please go to Trisha's website and on her about, you can read this unbelievably beautiful story of all that occurred. I mean, first off, you're a terrific writer. I mean, the way that you can spin a word is so beautiful. And I mean, you feel like you've gone to a Hallmark movie just reading the about. I'm not joking you. And it wow. should be a Hallmark movie because it's so amazing. And Oh, it's just, it's romantic. It's beautiful. It, I mean, even in that, like, how many words is it? Like 800? You'll be like, oh, just bring me the tissue. I mean, it's so sweet. How long have you been married now to Peter? We celebrated three years in the spring. Awesome. And he and I, he and I both agree. He is just my favorite miracle. And we can't believe that we got to do this. Wow. We both just feel like we got a second chance when we thought everything was over. Yeah. So, so thank you, Kay. I appreciate that. Um, so all of that to say, uh, Peter and I were riding in the car, just like Kay and Rebecca are riding in the car right now. And I said, hey, you know, I'm kind of thinking through this weight concept. And, and, and I feel like it comes down to three stages. Like first um, is this longing when you're separated from what you feel mm. like you want so much. Oh and then you enter this phase of becoming where um, – something is changing, whether it's like your circumstances or, you know, uh, roots are growing in the ground um, that you can't see yet, or a baby is growing a brain and a spinal cord and you can't see this yet. Like there, if there's something is becoming, or maybe it's you, your, your whole process and your heart posture has changed and you're becoming someone different. And then you get to this awakening, this last stage of like, oh, this is what I, this is what I've been waiting for. It's mine now. Or maybe you realize, oh, God's going to say no to this, but mm -hmm. I'm, I, I, it turns out I thought I had to have it and I don't. And so I lay this all out for him, this longing, becoming and awakening. And he's in, he's driving and he goes, no. <laughs> Seriously? Right. I love that. He seriously said that. And that was basically my response. Seriously? Like, are you? What do you mean? What do you mean? That's a what great idea. <laughs> right? This is a great premise for a book. 
And he said, Trisha, not everyone is like you. And not everyone looks at a weight like that and really wants to learn from it. And there have been many times in my life that I have had to wait and I've just been angry. It's and a great nothing point. Was becoming, right? Yeah, that's a great he point. Said nothing, was, nothing was becoming and certainly it was not becoming for me, for me to behave the way that I did. And he and I started to explore again his story that he had shared with me when we first started dating. And that is that he is um, a recovered alcoholic. Mm. And I said to him, could I tell your story? And he said, let me think on that. So we explored um, the concept of waiting uh, through many lenses, not, not the least of which is through addiction and waiting to be set free um, on a number of levels. So all of that to say, that is the long answer of why I wrote this book on waiting, because I had a few things to say about it. Terrific. That's my story too, by the way, is uh, recovered, yeah, recovered alcoholic, uh, 10 years sober in October. So I'm, I, well, it's a hundred percent the Lord. So I, I have to give all the glory to him, but so I understand the the tension, the weight in addiction uh, on deliverance. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. a profound thing. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And so we wrote about that and it's interesting because now that the book has gone live, Peter continually, you know, now that it's out in the world and this bird is flying in the sky, um, Peter is getting a lot of, of feedback and um, contact from people who were like, okay, it might be a thing. This might be something I need to address. I didn't think it was, but I think it is. And um, so to look at the book explores waiting on a number of levels. Mm -hmm. um, those, that kind of wait, um, impatient waiting, ridiculous waiting, like in the DMV. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also waiting when it looks like God might say no. And on this side of heaven, I, I might not get the thing that I'm waiting for. Um, and so it just has been a, quite a journey. If you ever um, write a book about patience and about waiting, buckle up. Because <laughs> you're going to have to learn yeah. a whole lot about the That's hardest the things ever. Yeah, so, and we know that so much, there's actually so much good that comes in waiting, but it's such a hard thing to do. I think a lot of times because of the messages that we take in the waiting, that can be self-judgment or, you know what I mean? It's like, we'll start to to decide something or let even the waiting inform us about ourselves. And um, how, how do you deal with that even resting in the assurance that god is in the waiting and is such a big part of waiting that's an excellent question i think that very often we tend to think that waiting is punishment yeah and yeah we, can, we think that we've done something wrong and i look at um in in a lot of my research for writing this book i explored the different waiters of the Bible, the different people who had to wait mm, for different things. And uh, really, only one of them was an actual timeout, and that was Jonah in the belly of the fish. Mm. Um, but the rest of them were um, God just either um, wanting to shape their hearts or saying, you know, there's greater intimacy in this with me. Or work that they wanted, he, God wanted them to do in the waiting. Like Paul, who was in, in prison and wrote so many letters while he was waiting, and those became the New Testament. You know, um, 
that there is always work to be done in the waiting. And sometimes we just want to rush through that. We want to get past it. We want to finish it. I just want to get to the finish line. And even when I realized that the Israelites could have made their trek in three weeks or less, and it took them 40 years, um, to realize that, that even if they had only needed, um, even if they had only been able to, oh, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Even if they had only been able to travel like one mile a day, they could have done it in a year, but it took them 40 years. And so to look at that and to realize that God was saying, you know what, it's not about um, getting you there. It's about the process. I, I want to change your heart in the process. So to answer your question, how do we stay grounded in that? Um, I think often, first of all, the answer is to stay grounded in scripture. And very often I will go to, when I'm looking for something that I'm waiting for, I want to find scriptures that are about patience. I want to hold on to something that says, you know, um, to be still and know, and something that I can hold on to, a pillar that will just ground me, a cornerstone, that words that I can hold on to about patience. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Um. But sometimes what I actually need to do is to lift my eyes up from the thing I'm waiting on and to remember who God is. And instead of grounding myself in more scripture about waiting and more things I should be doing, I can ground myself in words about who he is Mm -hmm. and the promises he has made and the God that he is and the things that he says about himself to be reminded that there's a whole lot more going on here that has nothing to do with the things that I want. Yeah, so true. So, um... Amen. Everything you said, I just, I, I, you're so right on the money and I love everything that you said. Um, one of the things that I have come to fully believe all in believe about God is that when it comes to our calling, our purpose in life, things like that, I, I believe that God does not put longings in our heart to frustrate us. You know, God is not a carrot dangler at all. He gives us longings and passion so that we can take that and glorify him. But in the Christian community, I think one of the things that we run into a lot are claiming promises that God never made. So can you talk a little bit about waiting when, you know, the answer might ultimately be no and kind of how to navigate that? Yes. Yeah, that's a great question. Sometimes when the answer might ultimately be no, that's so hard. (laughs) One of the things, because I I think that we see this, like, like generally we think that, you know, God has promised each one of us health and a marriage and children and things like that. I, I find myself sometimes having a difficult time reconciling, you know, Psalm 16 that says the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. So knowing that if it's on the other side of that boundary, you know, I can rest assured that it's not as pleasant for me as I believe in my heart that it will. I think I usually have to land ultimately on God's ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. Yeah. I totally agree with you. That's absolutely true. And I feel like, you know, the hardest time when I realized that the answer is going to be no for me that I've experienced was when Rob died. And I realized like he, God could have saved him and could have given us this miracle. We could have had a story about how, oh, we thought he was going to be gone, but then he walked down the stairs and was hungry for breakfast and no one could believe it. And, um, that is not what God gave to 
me and to my sons. Um, and so in those first weeks after he was gone, um, I started going to Starbucks and I took my Bible and I took my journal and I took some really great pens and I just started copying the book of Psalms because I, um, I didn't know how to talk to God and I didn't know how to talk to this good giver of every gift who seemed to have taken away this person that I loved so much. So I started borrowing from the psalmist when I didn't know what to say. I borrowed their words. Wow, that's, a great, that's a great word. And I realized um, that every emotion is covered in the book of Psalms. Every emotion is covered. Um, there's certainly praise and there's joy and there's celebration, but there's also absolute brokenheartedness. There's crushed spirit. There are times when David and his friends said, I would rather die than have to live through this. And what I realized in that season is there's nothing that I'm not allowed to say to God. With, with gentle spirit, with respectful deference to who he is, I am allowed to say, I don't know why you thought this was a good idea. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. I would rather die than face what's in front of me mm -hmm. right now. But this is what you've given me. And here I am. So I'm going to need you to show up because I'm pretty angry. And when the answer is going to be no, and it's going to stay no, and it looks like I'm not going to get a yes on this side, then I call the Lord into that space. And I just say, here's my no. You are close to those who are brokenhearted. You are close to those who are crushed in spirit. This does not surprise you. And so the first thing I can give you is my honesty. I want to trust you. Yeah but I don't trust you right now. So true. I think that help me in my unbelief is so yeah. huge. I feel like I yeah. say that all the time. I mean, being just with kids for Pete's sake. I mean, it's like, well, this, yeah. this isn't really looking what I thought it, I mean, just regular. It's not even like some pie in the sky thing. It's just like regular life. This isn't looking quite like what I thought. And right. and then the waiting, there is, there, there is, there can be joy in the waiting. And, um, and maybe that's part of it too. You know, the waiting allows you, you know, one cool thing about waiting is that you can't see. And, um, you know, and I think maybe that's part of it because that's a part of faith, you know, being sure of what you hope for and certain what you can't see. And it just may be one of those beautiful, painful, great gift tools, you know, that you for sure don't want. Yeah. And you don't really want to open because it has like thumbtacks pointing outwards, you know, to get to the wrapping paper. But, um, but at the same time, it's a gift. And I think it's, I, I just am so appreciative of you spending time in this odd gift that actually, that actually gives so much, even though on the outside, it looks very dry and barren. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know what? Um, I also looked at the story of John the Baptist and when he ended up in prison and, and John, you know, being the cousin of Jesus and this precursor of Jesus' ministry and the one who came before it and the one who paved the way, and all of a sudden he ends up in prison and he is sending this dark, you know, well, he's in this dark place and he's filled with all these questions. And I get that. I'm being trapped in a prison of my own mind in a dark place with so many questions. And so I love that he sent some of his disciples and said, go and ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come or should we wait for someone else? And I loved the freedom of that, that even John himself was like, did I get it wrong? Yeah. Like you, you could fix this, but you're not fixing this. And so maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I got it wrong. And Jesus sends word right back to him in that jail cell. 
and says, the blind can see, the lame can walk, the deaf can hear, and people are being forgiven for their sins, forgiven of their sins. Blessed are you if you can believe that I am for you, even if you don't get the yes. There is blessing in this for you if you do not lose your faith on account of me. And I never understood that. How do you lose your faith on account of Jesus? But I realized it's in those moments when he's saying yes to other people, but he's not saying yes to you. There's something in this, a greater intimacy and a greater blessing of saying, okay, you said no to me. Can I still believe that you are good? Can I still believe that you are for me and in this and that you are who you said you are? even if I don't get my yes, this side of heaven. You know, I used to once upon a time in a lifetime long, long ago. In a galaxy far, In a far galaxy away. far, far away <laughs> when I was in college. So we are over 25 years ago. Um, I dated a bodybuilder. <laughs> Well, okay. It just makes me laugh, but he wanted, you know, he wanted me to like work out at the gym with him. And so he was always telling me these things about lifting weights. And I had kind of lifted like a few little weights here and there before I met him, but I was doing it all wrong. Cause I had like three weightlifting moves that I would do and, and I would do them every day. And if you want to build muscle, if you want to build strength, you have to really focus on one body part, like your shoulders um, or, you know, your lats on your back. And you have to work them out until they hurt. You have to exhaust them. But then you have to wait. You have to wait 48 hours or so before you can lift that muscle group again um, because it takes time to strengthen a muscle. And, you know, I really think wow. that our faith, yeah, I think that our faith is the same way. I mean, it's, it, we want everything now. Oh, especially in this day and age, which, again, is a great reason to talk about this topic, because life is filled with waiting. And in, in our see-all, be-all, you know, 24-7, 365 days a year, instant, 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 it's important to let the waiting be okay. It's what strengthens us. It's what it builds character. It builds dependence on God. And I think dependence on God is sometimes more powerful than it's always more powerful than cognitive assent that God exists, you know? Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. I think to friends, I think it's important. I know you're an encouragement to people just from from the way you've lived through the through the lot in your life um and to be able to walk alongside people and know that you're not alone by the way because everyone does experience the waiting and so i think that's a big part too is the community to be able to hear this fire truck where someone's (laughs) waiting on that fire truck and they better hurry um (laughs) welcome to downtown dallas i know it no, but that um, that the walking alongside each other is so important too. It really is, and like you said, like just those muscle groups. Those are um, patience and courage are both muscles that can be stretched. Yeah. And we take what little we have and we push it until it's exhausted, and then we need to let it rest for a while. And to be in a community with other people who are doing the same thing and just saying, "Listen, I'm going to take what I have. I'm going to stretch this as far as it will go, and then I need to rest." Well, Tricia, as we like depart today, first of all, thank you. Thanks for getting up early. (laughs) And um, one thing we like to do on the show, it's called Say Something. And it's like, say something encouraging to somebody walking alongside you. So 
as like a good word to leave today, what would you say at the end of all of this? Like your, your, your takeaway, even for today. My takeaway right now and what I would like to something I would like to say is give yourself permission to feel however you feel. Oh, I love that. Feel, feel however you feel. And if you're in a season of waiting and you keep thinking, you know what? I really should be better at this. I should feel better about this. I should be able to find what is good in this. You know what? Maybe that's not today. And you need to do what is right for you and you need to love yourself well. And so sometimes that means allowing yourself to, to sit down and have a glass of water. And if you're in a place where you've been sad for a really long time, but suddenly today you feel like laughing, there may be part of you that thinks, I really shouldn't. It wouldn't do justice to the person that I've lost or to the dream that I'm grieving. I shouldn't be laughing right now. This is not what this is about. This is my season of darkness. You know what? Laughter is a gift. And whenever she comes to the party, pull up a chair and let her sit down and join you. And if somebody says to you, gosh, you seem like, you know, I thought you'd still be really sad about this. You can feel free to say, you know what? I am sad. I'm just taking a day off. Mm, that's good. But we need a day off from hard work of every kind, including grief. Give yourself a break and let yourself feel however you feel. Feelings are not right or wrong. They simply are. And so let yourself feel them. You don't have to push yourself out of something. And Lamont says that when the light goes out in your world, be brave enough and strong enough to, to sit in the dark for mm -hmm. a little while. So if you're in that space today, God will turn the lights on when it's time. But just let yourself feel how you feel. All right, my friends. Thank you so much. And B, we, we have links to Trisha's book and to her other books on her website. And it's called, the latest is called Just You Wait. And um, I just love it. It's got the period so that you pause and wait even while saying it. <laughs> That's exactly right. That was an excellent delivery cake. <laughs> thank you. Thank anyway, you thanks for letting me join you on your drive this morning. Thank really you. Fun. And uh, to be continued another Let's time. Okay. Thanks a bunch. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye, Tricia. Have a great day. Our very special thanks to Trisha Lott Williford for joining us today. Find Trisha at trishalottwilliford.com. And thank you. Want to stay connected? Visit SaySomethingShow.com and sign up to our mailing list. Or be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, or listen on Apple Podcasts. See you next time on Say Something.